Hey, everybody, and welcome to Celebrating the Brand Ambassador, where we get down and dirty and reveal the secrets of some of the most outstanding career brand ambassadors, innovators, and brand owners in the cocktail industry. I'm your host, Elaine Duff, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Now let's get right into it and meet the personalities behind the brands you love. So thank you both. So lovely to see you here on a Friday. Of course. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So let's start uh, with the very uh, basic question. Um, I'm going to start with the Xavier first. Um, so what brand do you work for and what are your responsibilities in that role? Hi, Eileen. Uh, thank you much for having me, for having us. So I represent the brand named Grand Marnier. Grand Marnier is a cognac uh, orange liqueur. And uh, I'm a brand ambassador for the United States. So um, a lot of my role is to educate, uh, train, uh, create cocktails, of course, uh, travel around the United States in a preferred market. Uh, <laughs> but it, no, no much travel right now. Uh, but I would say that in, in one sentence, what is my role? is to spread the love of Grand Marnier. Uh, that's would be to get people excited about Grand Marnier. Well, hey, very, very excited. I love you got your brand plug in there. That was very good with, you know, you get the one-line sentence. Well done. Brand Ambassador 101 with the bottle. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that's lesson number one. Always have your product with you and have one tagline that you have to say. Uh, fantastic. And, uh, and what did you do before you were Brand Ambassador? So before I used to work in the restaurant business my entire life, uh, actually the restaurant school in France and was able to travel and live in London and also in New York. So I've been in New York for 17 years and work with some big chefs like Daniel Boulou, Alain Ducasse, uh, but also was able to uh, uh, being a co-owner in a restaurant called Wallflower, which is closed now, uh, which was uh, in the West Village, uh, New York City, and, and, and work in hotels. So I am really have a very... A strong passenger bar, restaurant, managing business, I would say. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget your DJ. Oh, yes. <laughs> and DJ. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, like Xavier, when he's not in his suit, when he's a DJ, he's like a whole nother person. Is that Felix, right? We call him <laughs> DJ Cordon Rouge. Yes. <laughs> Grand Marnier. I don't even recognize him. He's like in a t-shirt and jeans. He has like a hat on, like, you know, and I'm like, and he's like, hello, Elaine. I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah, that's my other side. That's, that's, that's the disco side. That's, that's the disco <laughs> side. And I love it. Um, all right. And Louise and yourself. So tell us what your yeah. role is and what you are responsible for. So my title is the National Portfolio Brand Ambassador for Campari America. So like in a short sentence, I represent all the brands and I cover the country. So I kind of holistically um, work on everything, but I, my job is sort of divi divided in a couple different ways. So um, one, I tend to fill in on the brands that we don't have brand ambassadors for or dedicated brand ambassadors for. So brands like Sky, where we haven't hired a full-time person, Espaloon Tequila tend to be things I help out with a little bit more um, in like a physical presence sort of way. Um, I also help the BAs or cover for the BA team if they're like, they can't always, they can't always be in two places at once, <laughs> although we keep trying. So keep trying. Keep trying. You know, if how many brands is it by the way? How many yeah. what? How many brands do you think oh, you've I, You asked me this the other day and I was like, oh, I should look this up. It's a lot. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, it changes all the time. So um, Campari America or Campari Group owns many, many, many brands. Um, the brands we on our team tend to focus on are um, the core strategic brands and our kind of growing um, kind of fan favorites So or cult, cult favorites. So we have uh, Wild Turkey, Sky, Espalone, Tequila, Appleton Estate, um, Grand Marnier, um, the Italian Portfolio. So Campari, Aperol, Chinar, Averno, Braulio. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I'm forgetting. That Montalobos and Ancho Reyes just joined the family. Cabo. No, I don't really work on Cabo Wabo. Sometimes I help with it. So there's brands that we tend to focus on that are sort of the winners, the, the main brands in what we call the on-premise, which is liquor, like it's in restaurants and bars. Those are the brands I tend to focus on, um, but I'll also support other brands um, as needed. So I do... I do that. So I kind of work on all the brands, kind of like a Swiss army knife as needed um, when things come up. And then I also represent the portfolio. I represent the company as a, as a entity to the industry. So I both, I, I like to say I am like a lighthouse. So I have the message of our brands and I, I share that out to the industry, but I also 
pull all that knowledge from the industry back into Campari America and work with our teams to create tools and messages and, and all the assets that support the industry in the best way possible. Very nice. And, and so, and I mean, I'm going to give a shout out. Ciao, Giorgio, uh, Natasha. <laughs> uh, those are two people. They sent a little love. I can't comment back on Facebook uh, through StreamYard, but uh, it's very, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, which, I mean, that is a huge role uh, of covering all those brands. And tell us what you did before you did this role. So before, um, most recently, I was the uh, I was the national brand ambassador for Grand Marnier. So I worked directly for the Maison before the acquisition into Campari. Mm -hmm. And then before that, I worked at Pernod Ricard. I was the Pernod Absinthe uh, brand ambassador for two years. And then before that, I was a bartender um, and worked in beautiful... Actually, Xavier and I had a lot of crossover in where we worked. Oh, really? Um, we worked there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, so I worked in um, hotel bars and craft cocktail bars. And then I before that, I was in theater. So I was in like very scrappy, independent, uh, do-it-yourself production theater. Weren't you in the circus? I, I did never actually got like a job, but I went to circus school. So I did a lot. Like my training is, I, I did craft cocktail training. And I also did, I, I went to school for years to be in theater and work in theater. So uh, circus school is part of it. And that is so much fun. Yeah. Hi, 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 Paula. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Um, all right. So... Xavier, we're going to start with you because you are, you've been at your job now for a year and six months. Um, a majority of that has been during COVID time. Uh, but, you know, you were definitely, you came on, it was the first, this is your first brand ambassador role. And you um, had to go through some adjustment, which all brand ambassadors always do, right? So it's like the first six months, I would say, like, if you talk to other brand ambassadors, and I've had many of these conversations, it generally takes around six months to a year to really feel comfortable. And even if you've been a brand ambassador, it is a little faster, but you still, every company is different. And um, so tell us a little bit about like the adjustments from going from like two or three things that you had to learn to do, going from the restaurant industry, becoming a brand ambassador that you didn't have to do before. I, I think there's definitely... Um... Uh, it's a different world. We always like to say, oh, Velikor side is the other side. Uh, or some people call this the dark side. I like to call, that, to call it the bright side. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in a way that um, working in a business, you have a shift you're going to do from like 10, 12 hours. You know what time you start and you know what time you're going to finish. So you're going to give all your focus and energy on that day. Of course, if you're more on the managing side, you're going to focus on the rest of your week. Being a brand ambassador is not about the sh your shift, your daily shift, or your weekly uh, schedule. Uh, you make your own schedule first of all, mm -hmm. uh, and so um, it's a different rhythm because you got to think about a long-term project because it takes time to plant seeds and 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 to get the harvest, and uh, so you got to think about the. <laughs> And, and, that was such a good corny thing. <laughs> Love it. So, so uh, uh, the first six months was very uh, uh, interesting because you are uh, uh, the company, the liquor company, enfin, at least company group, give us a lot of trust uh, to acting on our own. So you don't have to do reports every on the on the regular daily daily basis. Yeah. And so. The first month, I was like, no one reached out to me. This is weird. Am I doing something wrong? Or, and, and, yeah. I was like, and I was like, by the way, I was in this place, this place last night. Oh, it's great. Don't need to tell me. It's okay. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is um, the first thing I've learned at working in the first six months in this new role, in this new position. It's you got to be disciplined because you're going to have a freedom of, uh, of the way of, to work the way you want it. And, mm -hmm. and it's great. But you got to have a discipline. You got to be organized. Uh, of course, I was able to do a really great training with Anna Louise on the first week, who explained to me a lot of things which are not written on papers. <laughs> <laughs> so, because there is, you arrive in a world that you deal with so many people. And sometimes you have a distributor and you have someone from local sales teams and you travel in different cities. So, it's so many people you meet every day. So it's important to understand who is who, who is who, and also what language you should have, uh, appropriate language in terms of training with a distributor or a bartender 
or mm-hmm. local sales teams. And no, so, absolutely. And Callan wanted to put in there, so good a true ambassador needs to be a natural self-starter, which is such a, it's an anxiety part. And, and thank you, Dean, because it is, when you're used to a structure like you have, and then nobody's checking in with you, you do have that feeling all the time. You're like, okay, nobody's asking me for anything. And so like, and then you have silence and you're like, do I still have a job? <laughs> like, do they need, and it is anxiety and something you have to learn to get over. As you said, like you reach out to your boss and you're like, no, you're good. And you're like, okay, all right, good. I'm just going to create my own schedule. Um, and one of the things I always give advice to brand ambassadors is just help themselves and for uh, for their own anxiety and for their bosses, it's just like I used to send, you know, a week. Well, I, I tell people send like, just say, this is what I'm planning for the week. So because learning how to be productive is really hard. All right. And having a very productive week. So like for me, like setting up a week of like on Sunday, I would create, I do this to this day. It's like, I create my week of like, okay, what are my projects I'm working on? And then break them down for the week into like a schedule. So I can do handle everything at once. And as a brand ambassador, I always tell my brand ambassadors, anybody I've ever met, she's like, okay, like you have certain accounts you're going to see. So create a list of like, I'm going to see these accounts in these days. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get a menu placement at this place. I'm going to make an appointment at this place. Just so I have some account support at this place. And just let me know at the beginning of the week. So I would help them kind of force them to kind of schedule so they would be more organized um, because I wish somebody would do that for me sometimes. It's like force me to organize something because sometimes you just need somebody to give you a deadline um, to know somebody's paying attention because you can just all suddenly like you realize like three days have gone by and you're like, what did I do? Like I've been to a couple of bars. <laughs> I saw some good friends. Um, but Xavier, tell me some of the things I, I know, um, and Louise, you definitely, you trained uh, Xavier like the first like two weeks. So what were some guidelines you kind of provided to him? Um, so I, just to be clear, I am not Xavier's boss. Um, yeah. I think there's sometimes a misperception or a misconception that I, I manage the brand ambassador team. I don't, um, a very incredible person named Marie manages the BAs and, um, is very good at that. So she gave him like, this is how your job works. These are your KPIs. This is how your reporting structure works. Um, and then I got to spend a few days with him. He actually came to Houston with me. So we got to be on the road and we actually got thrown like a few situations that were like classic brand ambassador moments where, you know, the AV didn't work, the, we, you know, had to give an hour, two hour long presentation. He had to, he got to watch me like present something that's, it's hard to do, to do a two hour presentation and keep everyone engaged. And we, I came out and said like, okay, did you see the things I did to keep them in, involved? Um, and then we did, uh, I gave him, <laughs> I took him to Shabu Shabu. Uh, as you should. As his first time ever, it was very, it was very fun. And I think I gave you, I gave you some, some things. So um, one, like you said, really, really beautifully, you gave the seed metaphor, but I often say, you know, working in a restaurant every night is a sprint, but Mm. when you work on brands, it's a marathon and you're going to start to work on something in January that you might not see come to fruition until July. And we're so used to, especially in that transition from working in a restaurant or working in hospitality, where everything's like moment to moment to moment, fast, fast, fast. And you're only as valuable as the last thing you did, the last transaction, the last drink. Yep. In our world, in this corporate structured space, there's a lot more room to work on things, to plan things. There's a lot more teamwork. There's a lot more approvals. You have to get permission from so many people to get something done. It's like, oh my God. It's like the UN sometimes. I'm like, oh God. So that is such an adjustment and can be really, really stressful to the mm-hmm. point that new brand ambassadors. I often see them at our company or at other companies. I'll often sit them down and go, you know, you can slow down. You're going to burn out. And we see that all the time. Um, we see people burn out for, for a bunch of reasons. And a lot of it is that, that you're working under this assumption that, that you're going to get fired if you don't work hard. And we know you're going to work hard. So, so don't worry. Like we know you're working. If you don't have to show it all the time um, yeah. because, because you're going to be doing this for a long time. We want you to do this for a long time. I know. Um, so in secret, yeah. you and I talked about this really quickly. It's really hard to get fired once you're in a corporate team. It takes so much effort. So hard. <laughs> so hard so to hard. get fired. <laughs> By the time, um, and this is, you know, this is for Xavier, but also for all everyone that joins a company, it takes so much money and time and energy to get somebody hired. If you think about how many interviews you went through, if you think about all the background checks, the agencies that, that supported that process, a company will have spent a hundred to five hundred thousand dollars to find you 
yeah. and hire you and train you. So they're not looking to fire you if you are late on your first expense report or you, you know, mess up one time or you don't, you know, if you don't hit your KPI the first month, like it's okay. You're learning. Yeah. It takes time. Um, so I definitely, I definitely shared that. And then I think I also, and that idea of burnout, um, I talked about really taking care of your body and your mind and building in time in your workday to take care of your body so that, you know, I always schedule in time to work out every day because it's part of my job is to show up. Yeah. <laughs> and so I need that, that to run. And I think when I worked in hospitality, it was like, I ran myself ragged and I was sick all the time and constantly hurting myself. And I never learned that until I came to a, this role where I really had to stop and take care of myself and prioritize that. And then everything else actually was better. No. And Xavi had actually talked about this when we talked about the other day, it's like, you know, about, you know, they asked you a question, right. When you're on your interview about, so make sure you're taking care of yourself. Xavi, what did they ask yeah. you? Uh, they asked me if I was doing any sport and say, yes, I run like a few days a week. It's like, great, great. Excellent. Do you have a hobby? Yes. Great. We love people to have a hobby. So, uh, it's important to have a balance in our job. Uh, we um, and, I, and one thing I appreciate with Company Group, it's they really want uh, uh, their employees to be healthy. Uh, I think healthy and have a proper balance in your in your health is it's going to create a more a better performance at work, more mm -hmm. re better results, and and it's really a great state of mind. And it's not about how many hours you're going to work a day and, and squeeze everyone and getting everyone tired and stressed. It's about the result. And it's really, really, and it's why this company is really, I think, uh, really growing very fast because they care about the wellness of their employees. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's really important. And obviously our industry has definitely switched a lot in the last couple of years and health and wellness has definitely become a big thing. You know, the industry is also getting older. A lot of people are in the industry and now have, you know, they're older, they're wiser, they have kids, you know, families. <laughs> Um, you know, those things have happened. So where we all, and when I got into it, it was like, there was, a, I had to pretend I wasn't a mother. Like, I was like, cause you'd be like, what, you have a kid? I was like, nope, nope, don't have a kid. Cause they were like, wow, you're old. Like, it was just, it was not cool to have a kid. I was like, meanwhile, Dylan would be strapped to my chest going to South Beach Food and Wine because like, I had to bring the sitter with me because that was the only way she was, I was going to go to South Beach Food and Wine. So it was like, she's coming with me and that's just the way it is. Um, so I couldn't hang out till one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I had to be home at 10 or 11 because, well, I had to get up in the morning with my little one. So I was grateful because it did keep me that balance as well. So I think now people are just learning that naturally without having to have a kid to remind them of that, which is great. Um, I would also add, Elaine, as the last piece, sorry, not to cut you off, but just because yeah, I right. the switch, but like just to say, and the thing that you're saying, the thing that Xavier is saying, and the thing that I sat him down, I was like, you have to love your brand. That's not negotiable. Yeah, absolutely. But bleed it. And also you have to bring yourself to this job. And that's why we ask, what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? That's, you know, that's why it's so good to know, like, what are the things you're passionate about so that you can bring all of that to your job and you're not yeah. leaving that or abandoning that or losing yourself in this new thing that you're actually bringing Xavier's love of music shows up in his job all the time. Zavi's love of craft cocktails shows up in his job all the time. Benny's love of, of, of skateboarding and of, of tattoos shows up in his job when he works that we see them shine through the brand. And that's, that's really the light that we want to see. So um, that's really what we also look for and, and, and encourage in the brand ambassador team. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's really, really important because there is, it's like, there's a part of that that brings some extra energy. And if you could tie that in, like what you're passionate about, um, I think that's incredible because it makes it more authentic. The more authentic you are, the better brand ambassador you are. It's like, it, it comes through every single day. It's like when you love what you're talking about and you're doing something you care about, it's like you really project it and it, it just, it's, it becomes more natural rather than something you're forcing. And, and Xavier, I wanted to go back to you mentioned something really key before, which was you had to learn to give your message in a different way, you know, because you obviously have an extensive background of, you know, fine dining and really elaborate cocktails and, you know, knowing that different audiences need different messages. So just give me a little like example. So like when you talk to the distributor, what do they need to know? I think there is different language. Of course, if you talk to a bartender compared to a distributor, a bartender are going to talk more techniques about cocktails and how we can really 
enjoy Gomarnie in so many ways. Uh, and um, and it's, and it's going to be it's one of my specialty because what I've been doing for so many years. Uh, but also the distributor, um, sometimes you got to help them to f- uh, find some keywords uh, to help them to say Gormani more. Uh, let's not forget that the distributor represents many brands, not just one or two, sometimes hundreds or thousands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so how do you, uh, how do you, in uh, our role is really to assist them on the field so we can also upsell Gormani. And of course, there's many ways to do it with incentives and other techniques. But also, we need to learn a few keywords from Gomani. We can talk, like Annalise said before, we can talk for one hour about the product. At the end of the presentation, they're going to remember three or four things. Yeah. And, and it's really important to focus on this world that can help them to succeed also on the field. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is really key. And you'll find the bartender who's like nerding out and they'll get all into it. And they want to, and then you meet the bartender, like, you know, they're just working at a dive bar. They just want to know if this is good in shots, great. Let's let's make that happen. Or I can make a, you know, a Cadillac margarita. Show me how to make that. And that's all I care about, you know, and um, which is, you know, it is definitely learning those things. And it is something you learn on the job. Uh, but it is nice to have guidelines, have somebody who's done it before tell you and be like, you know what? You don't need to give them all that. They don't need to know that. Just stick to the facts and they'll be so happy and yes. it'll be much more engaging. Um, Dean actually came forward again. And it's so true. And Dean, we will talk about it. The fact that like, um, and I'll jump to it now. It's like, you know, one of the things, because you will also working within the company, you are working um, with corporate and you're working with branching teams and learning how to work with them um, is always interesting, right? Because you do need to know, understand how they work and operate. It allows you to be a better brand advisor because you understand you're working on a project that they created last year in a, in a meeting and then being more involved in what they're putting in the in the future is great, but everything that they're putting forward is also tied to bonuses and sales. And what you we do and what you guys do is like more brand awareness. So um, Dean was saying sometimes your projects get dropped, which is so true, right? It's like, yeah, I'm like, and I'm sure you've like, you know, don't get too attached. I call it the graveyard of great ideas. Like they're all out there and you can't be super attached. Like you're here to support the company in achieving its goals. And if you can also achieve your goals at the same time, great. But really the reason they employ you is to execute what they need to get done. And yeah, sometimes you don't get to do the thing you wanted to do. Um, sometimes you really do. And it's really exciting. Um, sometimes it switches and the new thing is actually ends up being cooler than the thing you were going to do before. So I think it's always being flexible and being open and being ready. Like I'm just, I mean, I, I look, I grew up in, I grew up in improv theater. So like, I am always ready for whatever's next, whatever's coming, how it's going to change. Like I'm very yes. And sure. Let's make it happen. Um, but can change on the dime. You never know. Or or could come. Like we had no idea. Zavi and I were presenting. We had we had planned a multi-city national tour that we were going to spend the whole year doing a Grand Marnier adventure. And then we got to do one of them. And then the next day they said everything's canceled until June at the time. And we had to say, okay, how do we solve this for right now? And what do we need to do? And we jumped on and we figured out how to make it digital and we created a whole program that way. No, which which is it, which is a really really uh, which is a big thing. It's like it, it's because it can get frustrating, especially if you're not working with the brand team directly, and you don't understand. You're like, what? Wait, what? Like this is I just spent all this time and hours. So I always get recommended for brand teams. I'm like, you should work really close with your brand ambassadors because they are in the field. They're putting things forward, and the more that they understand about what your uh, goals are and objects, uh, uh, you know, what you're, you know, what you're looking to achieve by the end of the year, whether it's case sales or the amount of people you, tra- it's like, if they know that, then it's like, they can help you out in the field. And also I'm sure you probably give back information to the brand teams. Like you see trends, things that are happening, right? So you could be a better resource if you know what they're working towards. Yeah. Um, always ask like in old interviews when I was looking for jobs or, or coaching people, the question is, what does success look like? Yeah. What is it? What is the goal? Okay, how do I? And then how do I best support you in getting that goal? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be hard. I think you show up. I don't know, Xavier, you had the experience, this experience. I showed up to corporate world having no understanding, and there wasn't even an org chart. There was nothing. I, had, <laughs> I still, I still have days where I'm like, who does what? Like it's still hard. And I've been doing this for for eight years now. 
Um, so it's learning the system and the structure you're in is really valuable and knowing who to talk to when and what, how kind of what that culture is, is, is really helpful to being able to function really easily. Yeah. I, I'm sure that was a big adjustment for you too, Xavier. Yes, there is. Um, it's, it's a big, uh, let's not forget that's not the job of one person. Uh, there is a whole teamwork uh, behind this, uh, you know, being coming up with a new strategy, for the, especially if everything is thought for the next year. So, for example, we are already now seeing the strategy for next year. Can you imagine thinking about next year when we don't even know what's going to happen this year? Enfin, we have a clear idea. I hope it's going to be better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, I think we all do. And, and Paul, I agree. Having a background in theater is definitely a big help. Uh, I'm sure Anne Louise is helped you a lot. And I know a lot of great brand ambassadors are definitely, uh, they're better presenters because they did work in uh, theater. And just being behind the bar every day, Daniel, I know just sitting at the bar, I used to go to Daniel Balud and you were like on show. Uh, like, you know, you'd sit there and you would have to present the, you know, the, there'd be like a theater that went on with every drink you presented, but definitely creative theater. Um, some of the best brand ambassadors I know are, are uh, have theater backgrounds. Um, I think both for and then and the presenter and the the performer and also the producer. I think that's mm -hmm. the theater is is great for learning how to talk in front of an audience and feel comfortable or at least know how to override your fear because that's mm -hmm. not like I'm not like oh I'm comfortable. I just know how to not be scared or how to deal with my fear. Um, but also the skills you learn, like Laura Lashley from Seedlip and I talk about this all the time because she also grew up in this world and like just learning how to produce. And knowing how to get something done and if you're able to have an idea and also execute that idea you are like a unicorn, a unicorn. <laughs> yeah absolutely it really is being able to do both is not everybody's skill set so it's a really great thing so i was uh, and louise i wanted to talk about so you started off you were the former grand manier uh brand ambassador and you worked mm -hmm. with the, the manier family and then within two years you became the national portfolio manager so talk to me a little a little bit about that okay. like what happened so i had been and I'll, I'll make a very long story pretty short so i was at for ricard um i I loved my job. I had, you know, I, I, I did a lot with a little, and when you can do it a lot with a little, you become very valuable to people. Um, and so I did a lot with a little, uh, at Pernod. And then I, um, got this insane offer from Grand Marnier to the point that my boss at Pernod said, you have to go, like you had to go to that job. It's going to be amazing. Very good boss. She's a very good boss. She's still, I mean, she's still incredible, uh, still an incredible mentor to me. And she's like, you have to take this, you have to take the job. You got to go. Bye. <laughs> she's like, if you don't take it, I'll fire you. So I took the job at Grand Marnier. I went to work for the Maison. And then in a, a crazy switch of events that happened after two years at Grand Marnier, Grand Marnier was up for sale and we knew it was up for sale. And it was a very nerve wracking nine months of like, who's going to buy it? What's going to happen? We don't know. And, you know, anyone working on small brands, if you ever are in that acquisition moment or you, you know, you don't know what to do, give me a, a send me a message and I'll absolutely chat with you about kind of how I navigated this more specifically. Um, because it's a, it's a scary time to be working mm -hmm. at a company. Um, it's also, it's really exciting, but it can be really scary. And so I, I, we didn't know what's happening. And then we heard it was being acquired by Kapari, which was very exciting. It wasn't even on like the table of options. And I was like, what? So we, so into my office at Grand Marnier walked in my old boss from Pernod, who had been hired by Campari to build a team that focused on the industry that we hadn't really done that before. We had mostly focused on the off-premise, on liquor stores, big box stores, grocery. And Campari America in this acquisition of Grand Marnier was able to, with the money Grand Marnier brought in and also the division of Grand Marnier's distribution, on-premise and off-premise 50-50, which is really rare, Mm -hmm. um, we were able to start a new on-premise division um, and a trade marketing department. So he walked into my office and we were like, hi, like we used to work together. Nice <laughs> to see you. Um, and he said, I know, you know, I know there's a lot going on transitions. You know, you can get a buyout. You could, you could leave, you know, he's like, I would love for you to stay um, and continue to work with us. And I said, I, I would love to. But I've also been working on Grammarie for two years and I would love to take on some more responsibility and some more brands. And he's like, yeah, which ones? And I just channel that energy, especially women, like channel that moment. I don't know how I did this, but in this moment, I said, yeah, all of them. And he said, okay, great. And I said, great. 
<laughs> you gotta ask for what you want. I mean, you yeah, really do. What I, mean, I, yeah. I knew I could do it. I knew I was up for the challenge. I had faith in myself. Um, and I wanted to do like, for me, I'm less title driven and more like experience driven. And I knew that I was like, so my, my, my kind of words are always like more and bigger. And so, yeah, I was like more and bigger. Yes. So more brands, bigger territory. I would like that. And he said, okay. No, which is, which is, it's such a great story. I mean, I know I told you guys this story and I'm going to share it again. It's like, I became the first ever mixologist and national luxury brand ambassador for Diageo. And I had never worked behind a bar. So I just, I just said, I want to become a brand. I want to be the mixologist. And they were like, what is mixologist? And because <laughs> and it was not a title. It was like, you know, PDT just opened. Death and Company just opened. These bars just opened. And Diageo didn't do a lot of on-trade either. They weren't really focused on the on-trade. It was mostly off-trade. And uh, I knew I, I really loved giving education. And that time I was in charge of the brand ambassadors, the small program that we had. And, and you know, I just loved being the person who did the education and the events and all this stuff. And I was like, no, I want to learn everything there is about cocktails. And I presented it to two bosses and one boss said no. Uh, and then I, I, I got a new boss six months later and it was like 2004, I think when I started this and I, he said no. And then finally I had a boss. It was Michael Stoner who ran the brand ambassador program for uh, the uh, whiskey ambassadors. And he said, yes. And he's like, Elaine, what do you need? What, what can I do? I can totally see you doing that job. You know, I know it's a weird change in your career because I went from working as a like an account supervisor, managing programs to I'm going to go back in the field. And I took to bar five and I was really lucky sitting next to Jim Meehan, who became like my mentor to me and taught me about drinks. I'll never forget the biggest honor of my life. I think it was like 2007. And he like, he finally one day took me aside. He's like, you can call yourself a mixologist now. <laughs> I had been presenting drinks to him and they were shit. They were so bad. And I really know what I was doing. And I finally, after many, many bad drinks and lots of practice, but I, you, know, you figure it out. Sometimes you just figure it out. If you have confidence in yourself and you know, you know what you're doing and at least you know you're a hard worker, you, you eventually, you'll eventually catch up. So you got to ask for what you want and then put the effort in. I think oh, that's yeah. Having a dream job is very hard. It's like, it's horrible. It's horrible. Sometimes it's so hard. like this. Obvious, you never, you didn't like bring a brand about. I remember you, you and I talking about this like two years ago when you were leaving the restaurant industry, you're like, Elaine, I really want to be a brand ambassador. Correct. We had actually a coffee one day and uh, I really appreciate that you're like, yeah, let's talk. I, I give you some advice and uh, you see it worked. <laughs> and, and here you are working at, um, at Campari. So, you know, and let's talk about like, so Xavier and, and Eloise, your roles are very different. So Xavier, you have a more of a traditional role that has, you know, KPIs um, and things about nature. What do you find the most challenging, like when you're traveling around, like when in normal times when you're traveling, you know, did you have any goals that were like really hard to hit? Or is it more now, it's just, it's harder now because of what's going on? Um, it's, you know, it's my, my role is still fairly new. Like, uh, like we said at the beginning of the interview, I've, I've been with, uh, in, this, uh, in this role for a year and six months. So imagine uh, in March, in 2020, I was a brand ambassador for like seven months, eight months. Wow. And so I, really, I was supposed to really uh grow into this role and get more comfortable and start to travel more because uh we were i, I mean i was supposed to cover a few preferred markets uh which by the way i enjoy very much also to travel in america because depending on where you go uh, grand Marnier is enjoy different waves different trends so mm -hmm. it, it was very a uh, very rich experience to travel and meet so many great people and so many great bartenders and the, and the community unfortunately this did not happen because we all know why. Uh, so it's with what, which is interesting, and I think which is fairly new also for everyone. It's fairly new. It sounds like old because we're in 2021, but we're able to actually switch our way to work and do everything from uh, from a screen, uh, yep. live streaming. And I think company community, which is something that that came up during COVID-19, it's we're able now with analysis and the, the work of, uh, of the whole team behind us marketing team to come out with a, a series of events 
of uh, live streamings of uh, education. And uh, so we have an average of how many events did we do in 2020? Uh, 700 events, I think, on, on live streamings. Wow. Yeah. We were at the beginning of COVID, we were doing five events a day um, because we just wanted to have something to offer. And then we kind of paired that back. And now we're doing like two a week. And then we do also um, that the brand ambassadors lead and they do classes. And then during, and then we also do events. So we did Lotteria. We're doing um, Chinarts and Crafts. Um, so we have events also that happen where people sign up and get stuff in the mail and, and we do uh, do programs. Which, which is amazing. And actually, I want to talk because I, I know this, Anne Louise, this is a big part of your job normally is to create, and you have a uh, a motto, and I'm going to make sure I, I read it. Uh, does this transaction provide uh, meaning and connection? And that has become like your theme for working with many, many events. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. And then what I want to talk about also is, Xavier, that that's part of your goals is to create events, like which I think is very cool. Yeah, I think, um, so for me, I found, you know, you find your skill set and you find like, we can all do a lot of things. We're all pretty talented and, um, people that have a lot of experience and finding the spaces where I can provide the most value or the most of something that isn't really being offered otherwise, or isn't people aren't thinking about. And so the thing I've found over my years, um, is that I, so I grew up in a, I grew up in a community, sorry, also someone is texting me and I need them to stop. Okay. So I grew up in a, a, grew up in a community called Esalen Institute, um, which is 45 miles South of Carmel, California on the coast in the middle of nowhere. And we really lived, I mean, it's a school, it's a, it's a health, it's a human potential um, kind of institute where people will go for personal growth, mm-hmm. but also a, a strong community element to it. Um, and so I grew up in that and that's what I want in my life. And so wherever I go, I try and foster that and build that. And the way that I'm able to do that is through providing meaning and f- providing belonging and providing connection. And so that's that's where people feel emotionally open um, to connect to something. So it might be to my team, it might be to our event, it might be to our brands. But it's a, it's a strange job because I'm like a human embodiment of a company. Yeah. So for me, when we I help to design the events we do or the events that I get to manage or run, I'm always looking at does this provide meaning? Does this provide connection? Um, and that helps me create something that feels very me. Which is amazing. Talk about Campari. Uh, I know like. You had Campari Week uh, when you came on board uh, working with this, and then you changed it to uh, the service day, correct? Yes, we have Negroni Week, which is this incredible, incredible fundraiser we run in partnership with Imbibe. People, you know, bars around the world sell Negronis, and we raise, we've raised over millions of dollars um, for charities all across the world. And I thought that was a great program. But for me, I said, there, there must be something else we can do that really feels more tactile, like tactile, more hands-on, more, more in-person. And so we added to that week, we do now we do an event called Campari Day of Service, where we have bartenders all across the country sign up and um, we have them lead or groups. Um, This year we did it all digitally, but we have these incredible uh, team leaders and then we have people volunteer for the activities that they choose. So I believe last year we had almost, I want to say it was almost 900 volunteers around the country. Um, And we send them all t-shirts. So everyone's in a matching shirt um, and they're all posting to social media and we give them all the same hashtag. So everyone's connecting, even though we're not in one place volunteering, we're all across the country on the same day doing something in our communities. So to me, you know, that's, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't really align the Campari to, you know, it doesn't quite align with like exactly the Campari message, but it also is the Campari message of like, this is how we want to show up in the world. And this is what's important to us. And these are our mm-hmm. values and we're going to put our, you know, put our energy where those are and support our communities. Um, another thing I do, I do like mailings every year. So I don't know if you guys have gotten. I love the mailings. I was I was a benefited of the mailings. My Mother's Day present. It was the best thing ever. Some Aperol showed up. Some Prosecco. It was fantastic. It made my day. Oh, I'm so glad. And like that's the thing is we want to recognize and see people celebrate the moments in their lives that are important when they win awards or when it's Mother's Day or. Um, I also do just like large mailings out to you know, 3000 people across the country and we try and send out little, little gifts and the gifts are always need to be useful. They need to be um, fun. And uh, I don't want to send trash. So, you know, 
that that's the goal. Um, but I do, I have people write me and say, you know, this was a really hard month. Um, but then I opened my mailbox and I got something from you and it really like brightened my day. And which, so which looking is, which is great. Paula said she loves Campari Day of Service funding. Oh, good. Oh, Thank you. So <laughs> always looking to do things like that. Yeah. No, which is great. I remember baking a thousand, like thousands of cookies at Christmas time to deliver to all the brand, like all the bartenders. Like I would make up little boxes and deliver them. And like I would be cooking, baking for week and then like putting together little baskets and like dropping them off and oh god it was so much work but i know people really appreciate it. they're like elaine they used to look forward to them uh when, when they showed when they showed up and i'm like zavi i, I realized i'm like i don't know if i ever dropped you off a basket nope i owe you some chocolate chip cookies um, they're, they're very, very good. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And you were such a good account and you're not that far away. So I'm a ter I was a terrible brand ambassador. Okay. Um, no. I mean, you also get to do events. That was part of your KPI, which I think is really cool that you get a budget and then you get a goal like to make two events a year. So have you had a chance to do them before everything shut down or? Yes. Um, and I think it's really one exciting part of my role. It's uh, there's still a part of creativity. And uh, so we have, a, I really appreciate that I have to, they give me the trust to come out with an uh, an event and I have to really organize the event from A to Z. Mm -hmm. Of course, everything has to be approved, uh, but it's really, really interesting because we have a budget that we need to respect. And uh, once again, we're talking about different size of events from small trade events to medium trade events. So not, not like 500 people in a big room and not at this level. Uh, and uh, so this year was a bit different because, hey, how can we create an event without... Uh, being in the same room so if everything has to be contactless mm -hmm. <laughs> uh so uh, actually for an example I, I created an event for bastille day because bastille day of course connect with the brand grand marnier because it's french and so we had the idea to come out with a picnic basket uh where we're putting some cheese and baguettes and uh, and, uh, and a homemade pate and and a grand and a grand 75 which is our signature cocktail with grand marnier very nice. And so also we're able to customize some uh, blankets with a Gomani logo, a picnic blanket. So uh, the this is one of the, some of the events that I'm very proud of because people are still talking about it. And also they still have a blanket in their house. So they remember. <laughs> it. And, uh, and so I, I think some of the cool things we can come up with. What is very, but one thing I'd like to add regarding creating events, it's everyone create events. There's so many competitions and great brands and there's so many great brands on the market. But now it's like, you got to think outside of the box. How can you come up with an event which is not give you just one cocktail and one piece of something to eat? So you, you need to really push the boundaries of, and of course it needs to stay connected with the brand. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really, really interesting. I'm still learning. Yeah, I, think it, I think it's great. And I also think it's great that they give you some autonomy and you have the to be able to create your own creativity because it keeps your job interesting, uh, allows you to feel like you're contributing to the brand and they're listening to your um, listening to your ideas, which is a big thing. It's like keeping, you know, retention of any staff is always important, right? So the, I think, you know, as somebody coming in the restaurant industry or any corporation to make your team member feel like they're heard um, and to also let them know that they're contributing something is very valuable because it gets them more excited to do their job. If you're just doing the same job every single day and you're putting stuff out there and you don't feel like anybody's really like paying attention if you're hitting your KPIs or knows what you're doing, but they're seeing your work and, and they're appreciating your ideas um, is half the battle. If you're a brand, I think that's a, a major thing. And it's also, very lucky. It's also so valuable. Like, Zavi is going to create these little events and these kind of incubator moments. And then you never know what's going to end up like catching on and becoming something huge. Yeah. So, you know, like, like the day of service started out with four, four volunteer spots in New York city and 30 volunteers. And now there's a thousand people participating that things can start small. And, and the BAs do such a great job of like, they're like you said, like know the trends, they know what's going on. They know the right people and they're going to kind of test things out and bring kind of wild ideas to the table. And then some of those stick and become national programs. Exactly. I think, you know, if you are a brand ambassador listening, the, the key is finding, creating something that's scalable that can be done uh, across the country and it can be easily replicated is like usually the key to getting something to become like broad, uh, to go, you know, to go wide and to go across the country is uh, creating it scalable. It's easy to reproduce, uh, reproduce and without, you know, spending a million dollars.
It's one thing I found and I, I, in my in my role was, uh, yeah, the more scalable the idea, the more it took off. Um, so which is very, very cool, which sounds like a lot of what you guys are doing is exactly that. So I also want to because last time we waited to almost the end to talk about this. One of the things that and Louise, you had done, you know, within your company, you've now have like the dream job. Like you don't have like traditional KPIs. You get to do really cool programs. But that didn't just happen. You know, you did a lot of things to help build your brand. So talk a little bit about that and why that's important. Yeah, I think, I mean, I had a, I had a couple of things that I was very lucky. I have a manager who goes to bat for me and believes in me and knows what I want and knows and knows how to work with me and understands me. And so I didn't have to necessarily fight super hard for a lot of the stuff. Like, I think I've had jobs where I've really had to fight to be seen. Mm -hmm. Luckily, that was out of the way. So there's been a lot more ease in getting my ideas heard. Um, But in the past, I definitely had moments where I was not really seen or perceived or I I walked into a job and, and people didn't know who I was. And maybe when they looked at me, they didn't see someone... For example, I love presenting. I love it. It's, you know, I have background in theater. I I think that I'm good with a message and taking that message out and connecting it for people. I think that that's a thing that I'm good at. I spent a lot of time working on it. But that ne- wasn't necessarily part of my interview process. So when I showed up at the job, they there was some perception that that wasn't, I don't, and I don't know why. Um, and so I made it a goal to say, I want to present and I want to be seen as a presenter. And so I just started presenting all the time, like any time I could, and especially anytime my boss was going to be there, I would jump in, I would offer something, I would add something to, to make it stickier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and this thing that I say all the time, I, I tell people all the time is do the job before you have the job. Yes. It does not mean work for free. It does not mean that. And I just want to be clear because I think that's also, you know, that's how the, that's a whole other thing about internships and, and how complicated that can be. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is do the things you want to do because you love to do them and show people that you are good at them. You will also get better at them as you do them. And by doing that, people will start to hire you to do that, or they will start to, to give you that more of that in your role. So yes. like, a great example would be like Dijabu pop-up um, care and Sharon and Austin loved, loved making this idea of like super Asian cocktails. And they had this idea and they just started doing these pop-ups and now they bought a bus. They have been on tour. They've got backing like to, to do, follow the thing that inspires you and interests you and start doing it now um, before anyone invites you or asks you to do it because they're not going to until they see you do it. Yeah. And put it out there in the world. I mean, definitely, let people know that you're doing it. Like your bosses know you're doing it. You know, sometimes people, you know, uh, get embarrassed. So like, I, I want I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but you're not bragging. I always learned the, the one rule of thumb. If you say like, Grand Monier had a great day today and you just put out, like you speak in like third person, it doesn't mean like, Oh, I did this amazing thing. It's like, Oh, I got to participate. So you have to put a little humbleness in there, but you also get to project it out there. It's like, I did this thing because your bosses, might not know you've actually done these things unless you tell them because they're busy working on other things. So you could send them an email and say, Hey, we had a great success today. I put together this event. This is who came and let them know because they're busy brand planning. That's all they're, they're busy presenting their budgets, defending what they're doing, defending what they're going to be doing next year. So sometimes you had to like open their eyes and be like, Hey, we did this cool thing today and just share. They'll be so happy you did. Um, and it's not bragging, but it's definitely because sometimes it can be very frustrating if you work so hard and nobody knows it because you're doing all this stuff and like your bosses are too busy to pay attention to it. And then you like, oh, I thought somebody would just recognize me. No. Recaps are so important. important. <laughs> yeah. Recap, recap, recap. Take, a, yeah. take, photos, take all the photos, collect all the information. Um, another thing I was telling you the other day is like, I, you know, I, anytime I went anywhere, I would hand out cards to any event I went to and say, please fill out this card. This will put you on my mailing list. And then once I would take all their info, I have a spreadsheet, I collect everyone's information. I've now leveled up and I have like a Google form and people put their information in and then I would always stay in contact with them. So you're just, you and I are still going to exchange that information. I love this. Yeah, yeah. And that's one way that like you want to be as loud as you can do as little with as much, like do as much with as little as you have, you know, you don't need a lot to do a lot. And especially with the internet, you can be really loud about it. 
um, so that you can't be ignored. But recap, 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 make your decks. Even if no one's asked you, just make your deck every month, um, especially in the beginning, so that if someone does ask you later, you're like, yeah, here you go. Here's everything I did. And you're not scrambling to find all your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Xavier, are you learning from this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I've been collecting business cards, but um, is that a thing now? <laughs> yeah, I think it's still a thing. And Eric Anderson says uh, it helps your boss to brag about you and to do your job before your job is so relevant when it comes to the BA role. Um, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, Xavier, I mean, have you had an example? Like, I, I know you're just you're still in the learning role, right? You're still like just loving being in your role that you have, um, which I think is because you're new, which is great. Um, and it, like for you, like, is there anything, a special skill that you get to show off more than anything else from your past life? And now that's really part of your job now. I, I, I think it's, uh, no matter what you do, uh, I mean, from my experience from being in a restaurant business or being as a brand ambassador, it's, you gotta be passionate about, uh, about your product. You, you gotta be passionate about what you do and, uh, and being excited about the brand like Grand Marnier. And everything will happen naturally after. Uh, it's you can't talk about a product that you don't get excited about it because people will feel it in a different way. And it's so that's the number one recommendation for anyone who wants to be a brand ambassador. It's believe in the brand, and people will believe it too. Uh, and um, and after, of course, there's many many things that we continue to exceed in our job. I think we we have always to ask yourself, ask ourselves. How can we make ourselves better in what we do every day? Uh, yeah. And I don't think it's just for the position of brand ambassador. It's every job you do because the day you, you stop asking yourself how you can make yourself better, I think you better to be retired because there's not much going to accomplish more. And uh, specifically in the liquor business, it's changing very quick and very fast. So you got to be able to come to always try to adjust yourself to the market and, and try to find new ideas to stick on the to stay relevant simply. And, uh, and so it's a very inspiring. No, it's very, very, I know it's very, very true. And the one thing we didn't touch on, and I want to talk about, and I, cause I thought it was really important was when you were talking about before, when you first started the job and, you know, there were some things you had to learn about organization and, and you have a big network. What are some of the tools you told me you had some really great apps that you use yeah. to help stay organized. So share those. Yes. So I, I spent a bit of time with, uh, so with, uh, the brand ambassador team of uh, by back in the days we were like five five people correct and yeah we were five I think when you started and so so uh, I had some great tip from a, from a few brand ambassadors from the team and and colleagues and friends and so uh, one app I've been using is called Clear so it's on on your phone of course and Clear C L E A R it's more like a to do list so every time I go somewhere on the market uh, I'm gonna put the name of the place the date and who I met, and uh, and if there's any placement or any for, or any follow up, and every time I'm gonna be done after my week, and here we go, it's right here. And every time I, we are uh, we are done after our week traveling, because imagine how many people we meet in one week. Mm -hmm. It's like especially going with a local team. It's so it's a lot of information, a lot of notes. So it's important to keep track. And when I come back to do my recap. I can uh, use my clear app and start to go swipe uh, date by date. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, recap all the notes I had and also follow up because a lot of our job is to follow up. Yes. Uh, because if you don't follow up, no, no one's going to reach out to us. We need to continue to follow up. It's very important. Uh, another app I've been using is after starting to discover so many places, even in New York, I mean, New York, just New York City is like so many places just in New York. So imagine when you start to travel, it's, I'm using Google Maps because all the business are registered. I mean, the legal business, because we do be legal business anyway. But, uh, and uh, I start to keep track of every place. And on Google Maps, you can actually cut, uh, create a folder with restaurants or cocktail bar or places you need to see or in the way you want to organize it. And after you can start with the name of the, the bartender you met, the name of the buyer, of the name of, and when you come back six months, seven months, or a year after, you still have those notes. They're still in your Google Map. So it's really one cool trick to use. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna totally do the Google Map thing. I never did that before, and it's like I realize I'm like that is a really, really 
uh, clever tool. And I use Todoist as my to-do list, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Clear like as a way to follow up. I think that's very very cool. Um, I'm gonna pause you for one second because we got a question. Anthony Ciro um, said, "Do you find it easier to support and be an ambassador to a centuries-old brand with known quality like Ampari and Grand Marnier than stand behind something new?" It's a very good question. And uh, uh, one thing I'm lucky, it's Grand Marnier has been around for a long time. So everyone knows the name of Grand Marnier. Uh, but uh, sometimes a bottle can take a bit of dust, dust on, a, on a bottle, depending on the place or where you go. And it's really where's my role is to uh, get people excited again and, uh, and you know, do a lot of events, uh, have people test Grand Marnier again. And, and let's not forget that Grand Marnier is also an exciting portfolio on, on, on my side. And not just to talk about the brand, but really because I, I really enjoy this portfolio because we can go from Grand Marnier Cordon Rouge to some higher cuvées with older cognacs. We have five Grand Marniers in a portfolio. So I really touch a lot of different markets. And I can be in a, in a casual bar, dive bar and there's a bottle of Grand Marnier in the bar. I can be in a fine dining restaurant, three Michelin star, we're going to have some of the higher cuvées. Uh, so there is already something already established. Now yeah. it, it's how do we get people excited again? And we and because people forget and we need to try again. And also we need to show them that so many cocktails we can do, which is not just a margarita and so much more we can do with it. No, I think there's a challenge on both sides, isn't there? When it's something that's been around for so long, but it's lost, like people don't know what to do with it. And there's so many new exciting products that have come out into the marketplace. So it's like, how do you make it new again? It's yeah. such a big challenge. Um, I don't know, Anne Louise, do you have? Yeah. Definitely. I have so many thoughts. on. I mean, it's a great question. I think, um, I think what's also really important is I, I see this time and a time and time again, people take a brand job or they'll talk to me. They're like, I want to, I want to be a brand ambassador. I'm like, cool. What do you want to work on? And they're like, anything, not the answer, like not the answer for me, not the answer for anyone you're interviewing with ever. The, an the no. only answer is I love this brand so much that I want to spend all of my time thinking about it and sharing it with other people. Yep. It's the only answer. It's not like, well, I figured it was time to transition. Like, no, the answer is I love this brand. Everything else can come after that. But I see this time and again, where people take brand jobs with jobs with brands that like, they're not quite aligned with, or they don't, doesn't make sense for them as people. Um, or they don't do their homework and they don't look into the brands before they start to work on them. And then they're really stuck because there's not much there, there. Mm -hmm. And so when you work on when you choose a brand to work on, you're also interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And you want to do your homework on the brand and make sure there's enough stuff there that you can work with. There are very old brands that have no transparency and no knowledge and no information for you. There's also mm -hmm. old brands like Grand Marnier that have a ton of history, a ton of transparency, so many assets, which is 100% why I went to work for Grand Marnier. I was like, oh, there's a million things I can talk about with this brand. There are new brands that have nothing behind them that are basically made out of air that, you you know, that have no brand story. And there's new brands that have a decade's worth of, of work and dedication that got put into making them that, that you can talk about. So it's really like, what is, what is the message of that brand? And do you want to share that message and why? But there's, I mean, it just, it depends. Um, but you want to make sure you have something that has enough meat that you can spend a year traveling around the country and not get bored yourself talking about it. Absolutely. And it's also, I've worked at a lot of small brands and, uh, or, and hired brand ambassadors for them. And it is, it is definitely harder, obviously, because if you're walking into a bar and they've never heard of your brand, um, there's that challenge. It's like, okay, you're another whiskey, you know, and you really do have to, is there a point of difference that allows you to stand out on the shelf? Like, and where are you going to be positioned on the shelf? Are you going to go into cocktail? Nobody's going to ask for this brand because nobody's ever heard of it. So it's like, you do have that challenge. You have to get onto a cocktail menu because if you don't, it's not going to sell. Um, and the conversation we talked about before, like being a brand ambassador is a lot about planting, as, as Xavier said, planting the seed to see what grows. Right? And watching what grows. Like, and it's the same with like building accounts. Like if I had to explain to some brands, I'm like, they're like, I don't understand. Why, why is it taking so long? Like this person's so well connected. I'm like, just because they know everybody, not everybody knows your brand and they're not just going to take it in because they like this person. They have a business to run. And if your brand doesn't fit, you know, they might do them a solid and bring in two bottles, but then that's it. Because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I would never recommend for a brand ambassador to push a brand on an account that you know is not the right fit for them. 
because you're going to burn your bridges. You're going to be like, oh, you're bringing another brand in here, especially if you're part time. Oh, are you going to tell me to bring this one in? I already bought the last two bottles. and I couldn't sell it. It's still here. So it's really making sure that you're planting that seed and maybe it takes many conversations. So yeah, it is harder sometimes, a lot harder. If they have no budgets, they're they're really impatient. They just want to get things on the shelf and they want to see sales. You know, it's like, you have to explain, no, it's going to take time. I need to work with this account. If we get it placed, I need to support it. I need to go back in there. You know, it's going to take time to plant the seed and see the tree grow. You could also have that same challenge on an old brand that people don't think about anymore. Yes. You can. I mean, I'm just saying like, it can go both ways. I do agree with you. New brands are harder um, in that way for sure. But also you can work up something and you're like, cool, centuries old brand that no one knows about or everyone thinks something about that now we have to change. Yeah. So it takes patience on all all things. I mean, I used to work for Ciroc. I used to get laughed out of accounts. I mean, I tried going to like, you know, when it's 2005 and, you know, going into death and company and like, I'm known as like the Ciroc girl. I'm like, I know you guys aren't buying this, you know, like I already knew that. So stop making fun of me. Like I have other brands and back in 2005, (laughs) Tanqueray wasn't cool. Everybody was like all about the craft brands and they didn't want any big brands. And like, so anything I presented, Don Julio, Tanqueray, all the cool cocktail bars wanted nothing to do with me. They were like, no, I want the thing that's made in the distillery down the street. So I was like, oh, you gotta be shitting me. I'm like, the distillery down the street just started making spirits. It's not even the same product every month. So every product has a challenge. So you never, you never know. It just takes time. I can go one more time, planting the seed for the tree to grow. <laughs> for the tree to grow. <laughs> to grow. I love that. Yeah, so these are word, word, wise words of a parent uh, as well. All right, so we're getting to the end of our hour. Um, so I wanted to put any last words of advice for any new brand ambassadors uh, looking for wisdom. So Xavier, if you could give any last words of advice. No, I, th- I think like I said before, it's uh, very, very important to believe into the brand and uh, everything will come naturally. Uh, and, uh, you know, having a... Uh, having experience in the bar is preferable, but we have a sovereign ambassador who didn't work behind the bar and they are doing an amazing job. So there is a uh, there is a bit of research. And so research about the brand, uh, see if it's a brand that fits your personality. For example, if I would be applying for white turkey, I'm not sure if that would make sense with a strong French accent. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we have to find the right, the, I think uh, a lot of bring the brand personality is being the face of the brand somehow because you are directly on the field. So it has to be a brand that makes sense with your personality, with your identity. And, uh, and, and just if you believe in it, and if you love, so meet people because a lot of our job is to meet people every day. And if you love to be curious about who you're going to be talking to and you love to talk with everyone and entertain because we have to entertain every every place is dinner, lunch, presentation, and you will enjoy this position very well. Yeah. And, uh, before we, and before I go to Anne-Louise, I was going to say, uh, Eric, I have to give a shout out to Eric Anderson, who I... I I adore. Um, And he was agreeing what we're talking about. A long-term relationship is better to uh, help a bar sell your product than it is for you to sell the product to the bar. Uh, So he's like building that relationship. Um, It's definitely, it really is about helping the bar sell. You want to be as, as uh, a a partner to the bar as much as the bar is a partner to you. And you can't always get that with every single account. Um, It does take, you know, and if you find an account doesn't want to work with you, as much as there's many more bars out there, right? There's, there's always another bar. Some bars are just not worth the time. Thank you, Eric. I totally agree. We totally agree. Um, and Louise, yourself? Um, I mean, I will just, I'll just close with a plug for the Campari community, actually. Um, so we have classes uh, two days a week hosted by our amazing brand ambassador team, um, we bring in guest speakers. We're covering everything from history to cocktail techniques to all sorts of interesting things about like pres- like um, preservation and eco techniques. And um, we're doing something on sneakers next next month. So connecting sneakers and cocktails. So we're doing a lot of fun out of the box uh, programs. We'd love to have you join us um, in the Campari community. We're also hosting two programs right now called Chinarts and Crafts. So if you want to get crafty with us, we're doing a tie dye workshop. And a paint by numbers um, pr- uh, project. So we're doing a whole bunch of stuff and we'd love to have you be part of it. You can find us at Campari Community on Instagram 
And if you want to learn more about our brands, more about cocktail technique, um, any anything behind our products, please go to the Campari community. Uh, sorry, Campari Academy, um, which is run by Jessamine McClellan and a fantastic resource that does all of our education. So Campari Academy, Campari Community, we would love to see you there, have you join us and be part of what we're doing. Fantastic, I think that's amazing. Um, you guys are doing such great stuff and it was such a pleasure to be able to interview you both again. <laughs> Isn't it, it's a, a different uh, every, every single time. And for those of you watching, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Again, this is your host, Elaine Duff. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Celebrating the Brand Ambassador. If you did, please do me a solid. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, leave an excellent review, and share on your social media. Also, follow me at Duff on the Rocks to tune in to the live version of these shows every other week on Facebook and say hi or get a question answered by one of our guests. Lastly, if you want to learn more about my online Brand Ambassador Academy or to sign up for one-on-one coaching, head to my website, DuffOnTheRocks.com or BeverageBA.com. Until next time, this girl is out and an ice cold martini is calling my name. Cheers, everyone. Thank you.